Top Friday, baby, better than yesterday. Let's get it. We're brought to you today by Super 73. If you know me, you know I'm always on my Super 73. Super 73 is an American lifestyle adventure brand based in Orange County, California that develops products to help fuse motorcycle heritage with youth culture. They are the original in the electric motorbike. Founded in 2016, Super 73 has quickly grown into one of the most recognizable electric vehicle brands in the world with a passionate customer base including A-list celebrities, professional athletes, and many more including yours truly. Head to the link in the bio to go and get a discount on your first Super 73. I love my bike. I just bought Laura one. She loves her new bike. And I just love sharing the community and the passion behind the brand with others. Go check them out and let me know what you think when you get your first bike. Welcome to Tank Top Friday. Join us each week as we dive deep into topics like goal setting, self-improvement, and personal growth. I'm Clint Stroman, and on the show today, one of my best friends of all time and the multi-talented assistant coach of the Utica Pioneers, Trevor Harden. Join us as we delve into the unique journey of an athlete who excels in both the world of basketball, mentoring, and pursuing the sport of distance running. Trevor takes us back to his early days as a passionate sports enthusiast, sharing how his love for basketball and running developed simultaneously. As an assistant coach for the Utica College basketball team, Trevor offers valuable insights into the strategies and tactics that contribute to the team's success. Trevor's passion for mentoring young athletes shines through as he discusses the impact he strives to make on their personal and athletic development. Trevor, I'm glad you're here, man. Um, I've been wanting to have you on the podcast since I came up with the idea. And as soon as um, you started texting me and let me know that you were listening and you're halfway through whatever episode, I was like, it kind of surprised me to be honest with you. I was like, damn, he's actually like listening to my shit. That's cool. And, um, I appreciate that compliment and I appreciate you taking the time to be here. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. What I was really upset was it took so long for you to invite me. First of all, <laughs> I feel like, uh, like almost 25 years of friendship deserves like a guest, like two or three, <laughs> but I'll accept guests like 14 or whatever I'm going to be. That's okay. You had your move, and also I was, uh, to be honest with you, until you started texting me about, um, you know, like, you, I mean, you just text me randomly halfway through the latest episode, and I'm like, oh, okay, that. <laughs> and yeah, um, my commute to work. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I don't, I don't know what your commute to work is necessarily, but if, um, if you have the time, and that's something that I guess. I guess you could listen to another podcast or you could listen to whatever music you want to tune into. But um, I guess taking the time to listen to to mine, that meant something to me. Like personally, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, and I didn't have you on until I realized that you were like, oh, yeah, man, I've been listening to your shit and stuff like that. So, yeah. Of course. Sorry, I guess. <laughs> it's okay. I'll accept it. I'm here now. <laughs> Um, but the, the main, the main thing is, um, I, I'm glad that, I'm glad that we can continue, um, talking and continue to keep up with each other, even if we might like go a, a couple weeks or 
something like that. Because I mean, at one point in our life, I feel like me and you were like, even if we didn't live together, we were probably chatting or texting about something stupid or something serious, like pretty much every day. So, um, I think that's, I think that says something that, that we can still keep up like that and, and, uh, have the friendship that we have. Yeah. I mean, it's not typical that people that are, that meet when they're 12 years old can still have conversations at 34 years old. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And last time we saw each other in person was our baby shower, I believe. That's right. That was a good time. Kind of a blur, but a good time. Absolutely. There's a couple people that I hadn't seen in a long time. And I was like, man, I mean, we only got like two days to hang out. So we might as well make the most of it. We sure did. Yeah. <laughs> so you um you recently finally moved out of North Carolina. You've li- you lived in North Carolina for your entire lifetime, right? Well, I had that short stint overseas in Europe, but other than that, yes. Yes, and we'll get to that. We'll get to that stint. Um and you made the move up to New York where you you initially thought that you were going to take a specific job, right? Yeah, so I thought I was going to be um, pretty much a part of a government contract, and then uh, the requirements changed for the job, so then I pretty much had to just regroup and figure out what I was going to do since I already landed here. Do you have a total on how many um, how many different job positions that you have held uh, in your adult life? Do you oh, know? Jesus Christ. Do you keep up with it or no? No. I mean, if I put everything on my resume, everyone would be like, this guy's a maniac. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I would. I mean, easily like ten. That's an easy number to put it on. Is there? Is it's it's crazy to me because I feel like I'd be the same way, almost in a sense, since leaving the Marine Corps. Right. Because, I mean, you you mentioned something to me the other day about how if the right um, opportunity came along, you know, you would you would jump at it within a heartbeat and that's how the culture is these days within, you know, just people working. Um, and, and I said something to Laura about that and I was like, yeah, he mentioned that. And I think that's like super, that's like, that's real. Like, cause people, she was like, well, yeah, people that are right now mid fifties to 70, let's say in their day, you get a job and you stay at that job for as long as you possibly can. And if you retire from that job, then you do. And, you know, that's just the way things go. Right. Nowadays, people that are 30, mid thirties and, you know, they're in the, they get out of college and that point forward, a lot of people have a mentality that if something comes along, I'll take it. You know, why would I stay in this job? I think, I think for for me, I like to, I like to change things up. I like to, I know that, I know that I'm passionate about like three things at this point in my life. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that you are finding that as well. And it seems like you are when it comes to coaching and when it comes to things that you are familiar with in the past and then knowing exactly what you want to do. So I think it's kind of, it's kind of cool that you just recently got your position as an assistant coach at Utica College because when you left North Carolina, you didn't really want to do coaching anymore, right? Yeah. Um, so 
my goal leaving North Carolina was I was going to give up coaching, something I do obviously love doing, um, to take a higher paying job. Um, you know, teaching in North Carolina does not pay well. And anyone who thinks that it does, you can just look at the pay scale online and see that it did not pay well. Um, so I was, I was willing to give that up and, um, I was honestly excited about something new. Uh, and I feel like if you're a teacher, you don't job hop as pretty much if like you're a doctor or a dentist, you're not like hopping jobs. Um, like kind of like I have over the years, but like it, and, and to Laura's point where she said that, you know, back in the day you work at this job for, you know, 30 years and hoped maybe get a 2% raise every year where now if your job is going to give you a 2% raise where you can go work for a different company that's going to give you a 15% raise tomorrow. So, you know, loyalty does come into play, but you also have the cost of living is going up. You have to take care of yourself first. Um, but yeah, that was just to touch on that point. It's also Utica University now, just to let you know. It's still a university, dude. Dude, they're, you said they're, college. They're D2, right? Oh, sorry, I did say that. It's, My bad. I didn't mean, it's, yeah. It's D3. It's okay. D3. It doesn't matter. I think that, I think it's like, I think it's cool that you're, I didn't even know that that was going to be an option for you. And then the the way that it happened, you know, you thought you were going to get the position that, you know, you were kind of counting on and you kind of yeah. shift gears and now you're, and now you're accepting something where it's going to be a whole different situation and a whole different vibe than coaching high school and, you know, having to do what you did, you know, as well in the, in the position that you were in for, for PE and all that. So, right. I mean, obviously you wouldn't have had, you wouldn't have had, you wouldn't have accepted it if you knew that it was going to be something that you wanted to do. Yeah, I mean, again, if I would have gotten that job that I came here for, I wouldn't be able to have time to accept, you know, the basketball coaching job. So, you know, it's kind of funny how that works. How does that work? Is it going to be like a full-time thing or is it mainly for like, is it like preseason stuff, season, and then you're like off for a good while? Um, so we have eight workouts in September and then division three, you can only start October 15th. And then, I mean, I'll be at every single practice. I go to every single game and I'll be recruiting. So, I mean, it is a year long thing. We do have breaks, but I mean, for the most part, you're always trying to make contacts. You're always trying to find, um, you know, guys that can play and things like that. So, and so, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's a full-time thing, but thankfully, I mean, I'm just an assistant coach. So you think you're going to be, freedom. Um, you think you're going to be like in the gym as well with them? stuff like that like workouts do you want to be yeah we have a uh strength and conditioning coach i mean and i can be there obviously that's what i mean so, like you know like there too yeah i mean i would i'd probably let that guy do you know his thing since i've been so out of touch with you know strength and conditioning for you know, like eight years yeah. but um you know just to be there be the face of you know the coaching staff to make sure they are working hard and doing what they're supposed to you know so they can see the floor do i try to um I don't know if I told you this. I might have briefly. I tried to get in with the strength and conditioning guy here at Lenore Ryan University in Hickory, and they're D2. And the dude that runs that for Lenore Ryan played with Wayne. At, oh, really? Yeah, at Pembroke. What's so his I name? Wayne, I forget his name right now. I have to look him uh-huh. up. Um, I think he played running back or maybe another receiver. I don't know. Anyways, I figured that out. Cause I was, I was researching stuff and getting into and going down that like wormhole. And then, yeah. and then, uh, I asked Wayne, I was like, Hey dude, could you reach out to him? Tell him that I'm going to like send him an email. He's like, yeah, dude, for sure. 
And then he told me what <laughs> I basically told him my background, told him that I'd love to like help mainly for like, just cause I, I love football and I would love to like help with workouts for the players and also work out myself and you know, all that yeah. type of shit. And then he told me what the, he sent me like a whole thing of the gist of it. And it was there by 5 AM every morning. And basically you're picking up the weights for these kids and putting them away and wiping off their shit. And I was like, <laughs> absolutely not. No, no, no. I can't do that. <laughs> that sounds like manager role. Yeah. I would gym, my, gym attendant. Yeah. Like I'm good on that, man. Uh, <laughs> so I just said like, Hey man, thanks for the email back. I appreciate it. I guess I thought it was going to be a little bit of something different. Like my, my mind was like, I can motivate the shit out of these kids and blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, that type of role, like, Hey, this guy's, yeah. you know, Marie and all that. Um, but needless to say, I said no. <laughs> yeah. And it would have been volume is early. It also would have been volunteer work. So, right. Like I'm good on that. <laughs> um, but so right now as well, you're working on your master's degree. You're almost done with it. How's that feel? Oh, thank God. I got five weeks left and I could, probably beef it up to like three weeks but i'm gonna like space it out and yeah. take my time because it's, it's one of those pace you know kind of do it as you go you got to get everything done in seven weeks so um, um what is your master's degree in again uh kinesiology sports studies pretty much do you plan on possibly using that in the future so my whole goal when i first started this last year was to someday like maybe get into college coaching and at that point I was coaching high school basketball still um and then the whole Raleigh job came along so I took the Raleigh job which was also teaching and coaching high school basketball um and then lo and behold you know if you want to be a college head coach you gotta have a master's degree so um it kind of worked out where I started kind of setting myself up to potentially maybe one day take a head coaching job after I learned under, you know, maybe a couple people or maybe I stayed here for a while. I don't really know yet. So a goal of yours that you already had years ago just kind of happened to fall into your lap almost. Um, well, it didn't fall into your lap, but it yeah, happened. I mean, I, so uh, my, do you, did you ever meet Jake Jones? Yeah. You met Jake, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so he, we're in the same program, and he was, you know, he's a college baseball coach, and, you know, to, to be more qualified, you need more education, so he was like, hey, do this program with me. I'm like, no, I, I hate school. I literally hate school. I'm the worst. I'm the worst student. I can't stand writing. I mean, but it's just one of those things that you have to do if you want some, to get something done. It's like one of those non-negotiable things. I have to do it, so he started, we started taking classes at the same time, and uh, he just finished. And then I'll be finishing up here in a little bit. He's kind of the one that like motivated me to get it done, essentially. Why is, um, why is furthering your education and um, doesn't matter what your reason might be. Some people, their reason involves a certain job or a certain promotion or whatever. Yours is different. Mine is different personally. But why is furthering your education like actually important to you, though? Other than like, doesn't matter. You have to do it. Type of type of attitude towards it. Because if we if we didn't wanna, because I'm finishing my master's too right now, and me and you have both had very different paths up to this point, and we've both gone different ways with school and college and all that. But at some point, you have to realize like, ah, there's a reason that you want to do it though, for real. Right. So for you, what is that? Why? 
I think the best thing for me, I mean, like connections in the classes, like, you know how like monotonous and tedious that the discussion boards are, mm-hmm. those are so annoying, but mm-hmm. it actually worked out pretty well that I've like made connections out of there. Um, like a, a guy that was overseas playing football at the same time I was, is actually in the same program I'm in. Uh, That's so awesome. I feel like those connections, yeah, those connections will definitely help in the long run. Yeah. Um, speaking of, speaking of that, um, your time, your time that you spent in Serbia was, uh, honestly, when you went and did it and we were living together at the time, I was like, I can't believe yeah. this dude is doing this, man. It yeah. was crazy. But your time there was like something that you didn't expect as well. And I think that there's something to be said about like taking a taking a circumstance of something that you didn't expect and then making it into something the best that you can you can do at that point in time means something out of an individual. And I th- and so 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 you go so you go to Serbia and you go there mm-hmm. because you wanted to ultimately play football yeah. and do something different. And of yeah. all places to see the world, it happened to be Serbia. Yeah, the beautiful land. <laughs> and the picture, I'll never forget the pictures that you were sending us. <laughs> like <laughs> like massive dump trucks like in snow and stuff. Oh, just like random. Hey, this is what we're doing tonight. We're up on top of this roof having this little fire in this little tiny fire pit trying to keep warm (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was definitely a um a different experience i mean i was selling cars i wasn't like doing anything astronomical at home like yeah i can always go back and sell cars and i had this random opportunity come up so i was like i've i've never been on an airplane let me take my first flight 14 hours away and then i mean i remember yeah i remember when me and jonathan dropped you off i i didn't i didn't think about it in the present but when I think back to it, I could feel your your level of anxiousness about getting on that plane in general. Yeah, by myself. <laughs> Wasn't that your fir- was that your first flight ever? Yeah, that was my first time I ever <laughs> got on an airplane. I was freaking terrified. I didn't sleep for like thirty two straight hours because like I couldn't sleep on the plane because I was obviously super nervous. Then I got to like London and it was like an eight hour layover, and I'm not going to sleep on like a, a floor. Dude, I remember, I remember telling you, like, dude, there's no reason you need to be, like, freaked out. Like, at least you're not going to fucking war or something like that. Like, dude, Russia was next door, and it was I getting a wild yeah. over there. Yeah, and then things started getting wild, and then you came back. But it's – and then while you were over there, you actually ended up coaching, right? Yeah, I mean, so for the most part, I was playing and coaching, like, yeah. the team that was there. Yeah, yeah. They they told you when you got there, if I remember correctly, that they wanted you to help with like teaching these kids how to play football. Yeah, that was part yeah. of it. Like you know, because they don't you know in Serbia they didn't grow up playing American football. You know they don't put they use flags until like you're 16. But you didn't so, know that before you flew over there, right? Well, I knew. I knew that, but I didn't know that like 16 year olds were going to be on the team. I had no idea. Yeah. So when they told you that and you found out the actual like dynamic of what was going on over there, like what was going through your head? Well, obviously it was a shock because like, you know, the, the center was like 18 years old, which isn't crazy. 18 is kind of, kind of normal. 
Um, but he was still in high school. So it's like, what the heck? Like, this is so strange. And then, but like the other teams are the same way because, again, they don't grow up playing American football. They all play soccer, they all play basketball. So everyone is just like watching sometimes five year olds tackle each other, but also they're grown men. A yeah. lot of them are. So it's, it's just, uh, it was definitely different to say the least. Yeah. But a learning experience, I guess. Yeah. I mean, and then you didn't you come back early because you were getting yeah, it was just getting sketch. <laughs> it's time to time to go, man. It was just time to go. I mean, it was a good experience, four <laughs> months, five months, whatever it was. And uh, it, I mean, I got to see like different part of the world essentially. Yeah. I mean, it was a fun time. I met some really nice people, um, people I still keep up with, you know, via Facebook Messenger. So yeah, I do remember that too. <laughs> Like, hey guys, the only way you're gonna be able to contact me is uh, Messenger. So if Wi-Fi works tonight, <laughs> yeah, drop me a line. Yeah. <laughs> God, what a time, man! What a time. Seriously. Um. So, but since then, you you were, you were also. Um, I don't want to forget about the fact that you had a very successful coaching career at the high school that you coached at as the head coach. Um, which is, there's something to be said about that as well, which, which leads you to, I, I think ultimately resume wise, um, and on paper leads you to, to doing what you're doing now. Um, yeah, I mean, not without that first coaching job, I wouldn't probably be here today being able to coach high school. I mean, college basketball now. Um, yeah. When you or, when you took that job initially as the head coach um where, where what made you what made you say you know what this is something that I want to actually do and this is something that I feel I can excel at well it started off as just uh training one kid and then the one kid his dad ended up owning the school um so I you know I trained him for two years and then that second year or the first year I helped with the JV team and the next year I took over the varsity team. And then that's whenever I left, I was at the car dealership. I was a service manager. Um, and I was just kind of like, I, you know, I love basketball and I love training. And so that's kind of what started that. I left the car business, which was paying me a lot more money to, uh, to be there every day to go teach kindergarten PE and coach basketball. Uh, <laughs> forget about <laughs> kindergarten PE. Yeah, I mean, I had to teach too. <laughs> I forget about that part, though. Like, yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Taking care of very, very small kids. Yeah, a bunch of five-year-olds running around. It's like herding cats. <laughs> um, and then that led you to the point where they, you had a big impact on a lot of a lot of kids as the head coach and 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 in that environment and helping helping them I would envision in more ways than just you know getting to that point where you guys won the state championship yeah so my four years as varsity head coach there we were 92 and 25 I believe um which I mean obviously we won a lot of games we had a lot of really good times because you know everyone's pretty happy when you're winning um but yeah I mean I, I still talk to every 
you know, they're almost, they're, they're men now that are on my, you know, my basketball teams are in college or graduating college and I still keep up with them. Um, so it's a really good relationship and watching them, watching them grow and stuff like that. It's really fun as well. Yeah. I'm sure they're like, oh shit, coach Trevor's about to be the assistant coach at like a, it doesn't matter. Like it's a, I mean, I've, I feel like I've heard of Utica before. They're not, they're not that small. Like, and I'm sure they're they're hype for you. They're like, okay, absolutely, he's moving up. Let's go. Like, yeah, your end goal, your end goal in that in that realm, is is to do what eventually. Like, like your, um, you know, we. I think for me, it's a loose five five year goal, and then a loose like ten year goal that like I I know what to expect for myself at that point in time in my <laughs> life at this point. So if you had if you had that what would it be like a loose five or ten year goal like you like your ultimate goal like your dream your dream job not even dream job the 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 job that is attainable that you know that you're capable of doing um in the future here god that mean i mean obviously the easiest thing to say is yeah i want to be a basketball coach somewhere uh you know the dream school obviously carolina love carolina uh right that's the easiest thing to say but the realistic thing is I don't really have an idea because if if Microsoft calls me tomorrow like, hey, uh, we'd love to hire you for, you know, $2 million a year. Well, guess what, buddy? I'm out of here. I'm, I'm going to go work for $2 million a year because money brings you happiness. I don't care what anyone says. Take Give a, give a poor man $2 million. I guarantee he's going to be a little bit happier the next day. Um, and with my $2 million, I'll find a way to coach basketball again, I promise. Very true. Yeah. I mean, that... <laughs> But on the on the flip side of that is it it also that tells me that it's also important to you to still do what you are passionate about, regardless yeah. of money. But 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 for but for you and I'm sure for many people, money is a means to that. Hopefully, yeah. So, so it has I mean, to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, realistically you can you can meet someone that makes twenty thousand dollars a year and they're happy and they can save money and you meet someone that makes a hundred thousand dollars a year and they can't save money and they're miserable um so I'm trying to obviously find that balance like I feel like everyone is trying to do at some point um but basketball keeps drawing me back in no matter you know what I try to do you know how far away I go from it it always draws me back in so I feel like I've I've found something with that and, and I've I've always studied it I still even when I had you, I wasn't even hired at Utica yet. Um, I was still always watching games, always studying film, just because it's interesting to me. Yeah, it's passion for you. Where, like, for me, acting is passion for me. I mean, right? It's, I, th- and I think that. Well, to me, to me, to see that, um, I know a lot of people that do, do, do things for work, and they've done it for a long time for work, where they're not particularly they're not happy. It's not their passion. Of course, you asked them what they're right. passionate about. They'd tell you and you'd be like, what? Like that's, that doesn't add up with what you do for work. Yeah. Um, I think it says something about an individual to, to still strive at, to some extent to do what you actually are passionate about in life. Well, like the conversation I have with major all the time is like major did not wake up one day and you know what? I want to be a program manager for the government. He did not ever wake up one day saying that. 
but the job he has provides him to do whatever he wants to do, whatever he's passionate about. Like he, you know, thankfully he's very intelligent and found a way to have a really good job and, and still chase after things that he wants to do. He's still, he's still figuring out what he is passionate about. Yeah. Um, dude, we all are. Yeah. Every day. <laughs> like I, something that I, I hope is like, re, I think it's realistic is that we can, in life we can find at some point a, either that balance that is consistent with work and whatever you are truly passionate about in life or you're able to do what you are passionate about in life and and not even have to worry about the balance and then it just flows from there which is you know that's 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 kind of a thing that most people can't ever get to because it's it's just not maybe it's not possible given your circumstance in life you know whatever it is family right you know all these certain things that can be thrown into our lives but to be able to at least stay consistent with the thought process behind wanting to do what you're passionate about i think that in itself is cool and it's and it says uh, it says a lot about like that individual about you about you know about major about a lot of friends of mine um to be honest with you at this point yeah, and when i think back to it they're all close friends of mine from like my close-knit group of of dudes that i knew like in high school even I mean, right because I, I i i talk to people about certain things and like i've had a lot of a lot of fucking speed bumps in the road uh in my late 20s and i think about it and i go i wonder why that happened like why was i at that point what was I like, what was going on in my head? And it's because I go, wait, in high school, we, you know, we didn't really mess around like that. Like we didn't like, we weren't that group of kids that were always getting in trouble and stuff. And like, you know, we were pretty, we were pretty laid back for the most part, like, you know, typical high schoolers and all that. And then, and then I went straight into the Marine Corps and I didn't even have room to, you know, mess up or anything like that in life. Cause I wouldn't allow myself right. to. And then, you know, it's like we all have that moment in our life where, or those those years where you're like, yeah, I can do whatever I want to do. And of course. I think that kind of led to that for me. When I think back to it, mine was just a little bit later than most. Most getting you, over with. Yeah, while we were out seeing the town, you were out in the dirt. So yeah. Huge difference. Yeah, very big difference. <laughs> Texting you guys. Hey guys, you heard this new Drake song? You guys are like, bro, that yeah. been out for like a year. <laughs> but it was fire. <laughs> but it was fire. I think it was like New Atlanta, <laughs> Vegas, or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's actually something I just remembered. I think that was a real conversation we had. It was. Yes, it was. It <laughs> continued to be a thing. Like, hey, dude, you ever heard that? <laughs> oh, jeez. Great song. Still a still a jam for sure, though. Yeah. Um. I kind of want to like, I kind of want to switch gears because we've been talking about like running and things like that a lot lately. I've been texting you a lot because I've been in pain, to be honest with you, trying to get back into running. Um, But with running comes, I I was thinking about this yesterday. With running comes a mental, a mental strength that is different from other people. Some people running comes easy to them. For me, in my Mm -hmm. mind, I think, Oh, running's always been really easy for Trevor because one step for him is like three for me. Right. <laughs> and I feel like that's a lore like the other, I forget. I was like, I don't know why, but I just 
I hate running. Like running is miserable. And, and I, you know, at times like me and Trevor would run together. I try to keep up with him and shit like that. And I'm just like, dude, there's just no point. There's no point at all. <laughs> so like running comes easy to some folks. For me, it always came, it wasn't easy, but I would always just do it. And there's a, and there's a place where I have to go mentally, like in the mental fit, fitness realm where you have to like, you almost just kind of tune literally everything out and people might call it the runner's high or whatever. To me, it's just fucking miserable still. It always was in the right. Marine Corps. And I'm, you've been running like a madman lately. You're about to run this nine miler and start doing half marathons and stuff like that, which to be honest with you is motivating me to get into that realm. Um, right. Because there's there's a race, it's called the Shikori 40 and a buddy of mine, Bob High, who owns, um, who's a part owner of Waterman's and Crank Arm Brewing here in North Carolina. He puts it on and he's a big player in that. Anyways, he's finally running it himself this year and I told him, it's in December. I told him I'll get on the team and I'd love to, love to, join in on that. So that's, that's my motivator. Whereas right now yours is that 9.3 miler. Yeah. 9.3, 15 K. Is that, a, that's not a, is that a half marathon? No, no, no. Half marathon is like 13.1. Right. Yeah. 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 That's right. You see it on everybody's car on the back. And stuff. Yeah. I don't <laughs> have that sticker yet. <laughs> so the nine, how are you feeling about that? And also, um, to like, just to, to go off of that, that, topic um well first of all how are you feeling about that nine miler it's coming up soon right yeah it's july the 9th so i feel i mean running is like you said it's been easier for me it is easier for me because i'm just i'm a like slender ish you know longer legs i can run um and so it's, and it's never been an issue for me and i kind of enjoy it but we my, also have um, we always joke about going. we always joke about it but you also have like an extra like you got something, dude. That's extra. Like, yeah, I'm a fucking animal. That's what I am. <laughs> Let's talk sugar coated here. Yeah, I'm a beast. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I could jump high and I can run fast. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, um, uh, I think you keep telling me that, like, dude, you got to lose weight in order to feel better when you're running. And I, and I know exact. I know that already in my head. I know that every day. I'm like, if I want to run and it's not going to hurt as much, I need to weigh less. Same thing with pull-ups. If I want to do more pull-ups, I need to weigh less. Because, I mean, it all it's all body weight related. You've always been very big on body weight stuff. Yeah. Forever, honestly. I mean, you, yeah. li you lifted weights with me. And we got strong as shit together here and there in life and in high school you were just stronger than everybody was stronger than me in high school i was just like say much i'm just trying to freaking <laughs> bench 185 one time and some of these kids are <laughs> doing it like 30 i'm like oh yeah cool. true sick um i think that's part of me why that's part of my thing of why i like lifting still because i'm like ha huh. in my head i go oh man i can do 25 like 10 times now pussies and then my shoulder hurts. <laughs> then my shoulders hurt for a week later. <laughs> I know, but who cares? No, exactly. And I'm not kidding you, dude. I'll be sitting there trying to do 225. Like I, I went to the Y and switched it up for my normal gym um, yesterday. And I, and they have like old school weights in this Y still. They're about to redo the 
the YMCA here in Hickory, like eight mil is going into it. It's going to be nuts. But right. right now they still have very old school plates. And I kind of like that. Oh, nice. It, yeah. feels, it feels lighter, I feel like. It reminds me it's of like. The rust is chipping away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was sitting there and like literally during it, I'm going, oh, this is so nice that I can feel, I feel like I can do this and I don't need somebody like spotting me to try it one time, like back in high school and, you know, and all that. But then I also go, who cares? No one cares about this at all. Yeah. But I will tell you, I don't ever go over 225 anymore, ever. So, it's and I don't, awesome. I don't really plan to, I'd like to get to a point where I can do 225 20 times and that's it. Like, I'm cool with that. Just for the, I don't know, for a personal goal of mine, I think. Just like yesterday when I ran five miles and my mm-hmm. personal goal to me, and while I'm in mile 4.3 and I look at my watch on Strava and I'm like, dude, this is this has got to be wrong because I feel like I've gone a lot long, like <laughs> I've been running more than this. Right. My calves are seizing up. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, well the easy thing would be to just stop and just walk the rest of the way. But what's that going to do for me? I'm not challenging myself and no one else is watching me. Literally no one, no one gives, nobody cares that I'm running down the side of this road right now, the side or walking or walking. Right. And, but at the same time, for me personally, I know what I expect of myself. So I'm going to continue to run, even if it's slower or whatever it may be. Do you ever find yourself in that type of like feeling of like, uh, you want to stop? You want to just stop and walk? Yeah. Uh, like <laughs> like three runs ago, I ran like two back-to-back 615 miles. I wanted to die. I was just like, this is horrible. Oh, man. I'm, I'm like, now I'm nervous about like running nine miles because I bet this guy I was going to do it under an hour. And he said, there's no way I can do it under an hour because I'm 205 pounds. I'm like, I'm not going to not do it under an hour because now that you told me I can't, now I have to. Um, but like, and then like two nights ago, I had to, I was running seven miles. I had to like stop and walk for 30 seconds and then, you know, keep going again. I mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I have this, I think that's something in my brain that's like ingrained in there from the Marine Corps where it's like, you don't have an option. You have to keep going. Like, well, there are things that there is no option. Like if you want to get something done, there's no, like this master's program I'm in, there's no option. I have to do it. Yeah. It's not like running. Like I can go run if I want to. This master's program I have to do. Yeah. If I lose my job tomorrow, I have to go find another one. There's, there's, it, that's a non-negotiable. I have to go find another job. Um, but like running, it, and I like running because I'm good at it. But I don't have to run. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's things that you have to do and things that you don't have to do. But I find, you know, joy in in running and not lifting heavy weights anymore and just maybe doing full body stuff all the time. I want to get to a point where I can like be okay with doing nothing but full body and body weight workouts. And I know that I will get ripped up and I'll be in really good shape if I can commit to that because I I did it once uh, for the most part. Like when we were doing those or you were putting on those yeah. Saturday, Saturday workouts or whatever. No, I mean, they were like four nights a week. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I just didn't make that's, it ever, really. Yeah. But, right. like, yeah, at that point in time, you weren't lifting an actual, like, single weight. No, I was you were literally only doing yeah, body weight. You were committing to that, like, body weight 
life, which is a whole nother realm of fitness, I feel like, that takes a whole different mindset because you're doing, you're doing like, you're doing so much more as far as like repetition and speed and, and weird things, you know, on a pull-up bar, weird things right. on a dip bar where people are like, no, I don't feel like doing a um, suicide across a random field back and <laughs> forth, back and yeah. forth, you know? Not ideal. But to make it fun and to make it kind of a community type of thing, um, thinking back, I feel like that that had, it definitely has something to do with you being a coach. Yeah, I mean, we had like 20-ish people out there one time, and I was like, this is actually getting like too big almost. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, I mean, it started out with like three people or two people. I mean, it was actually me by myself at first, obviously. Um, and then it kind of kept growing, and we had, I mean, multiple friends show up. Hollywood showed up. Thomas Pope would show up pretty regularly. Um, I had a lot of people show up. I mean, it's still on my Facebook and my Instagram, and that's the best shape of my life that I was in. Like, I was I had like, very low body fat. I was running, you know, in the mornings and then I was doing body weight stuff the, you know, the rest of the time. Yeah. I think that, I don't know, you know, people, you see people like I'm, I'm working chest today. I'm like, well, I don't think you're that good of an athlete just to work chest one day a week. I think you probably should work it every day. I mean, you're not an Olympic bodybuilder where you're like, all right, I'm hamstrings for eight hours today. Yeah. You can work the hamstrings every day. It's not that you're not going to overtrain your, if you do full body every single day, a lot of guys nowadays that I see and that I follow here and there um, s seem to do full body workouts like three days a week. And then they supplement whatever their other thing of fitness is. Running, CrossFit, kettlebells only, you know, stuff like right. that. Like full, only body weight, you know, whatever it may be. You have a second, so you lift. You have a full body lift where you're in the gym and you're doing resistance training and you're working out. And then you have uh, the, on the other days you're doing some other form of fitness. Right. Um, it could be kayaking, dude, like whatever, like it, it, you could get, you could hop on the bike or, and then, or you could go run nine miles, which to me right now, I feel like I would <laughs> dude at the end of five miles. I don't know why I'm, I think it's like my, like, go all the way or don't do it at all mentality that I've had for a long time in life. I'm like, most people, like I came home yesterday and Laura and Finley were like sitting there at the front of the gate and we're, and she was like, we wanted to like, welcome you home, dad, like blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like literally like dying, uh, like my knees, like everything hurts. And, um, and then I was like, why am I doing five miles? Like I'm trying to get back into being a consistent runner. Why am I starting with my lowest mileage is five miles? Right. Start with two. <laughs> Start with like one or two or something. Yeah. I guess in my mind I go, well, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna do it, I wanna do X amount of miles a week. So um I'll just knock out five in one sitting. I don't know. <laughs> I mean everyone's got their own their own thought about what, you know, might work best. Right. I mean, my what I do is probably not the best practice for everything, but yeah, you know, in my mind, that it works for me. I wanted to start doing the interval stuff that you mentioned as well. I think that would be helpful. I I try it on the treadmill, and 
to be honest, does the treadmill scare you? Like, I'm not run intimidated by to it. Like, but run I fast. Like it. Oh yeah, I'm not gonna like be sprinting on that bad boy and and twist my ankle and be dead. No. Remember the remember the TT gym on base that we used to work out at sometimes. Like when we were teenagers. I think so. Yeah. Or no, yeah. when I was in the when I was in the Marine Corps here and there, I think me, you, and Major would go at times when we could. Oh, like after I got from the pawn shop? The big gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I remember one well, one time I went by myself and I was running on the treadmill and I did the um I did the slip and almost fell. <laughs> yeah, see, no, I'm not. Ever since then I've been <laughs> terrified, dude. I only walk uphill on the treadmill. Which is like, also a really brutal workout. I'm like, if I'm gonna run, I'll just run outside. Like, why do you yeah. need to run on a treadmill? Just go out there right. and run, dude. Um. So, so your your ultimate goal with the the running side of things is to get to a point where you can be confident enough to run a half marathon first. Yeah, I um I've signed up for like probably two of them, for sure two that I can remember, and never actually like showed up. Um, so I feel like I'm gonna do this. 9.3 and then pick a half marathon sometime in the near future and just knock it out just because like it's something I just want to do not because I have to do it like my mental is not telling me that it's something I have to do it's just something I think I want to do um do you does it play a part in that that you signed up for some in the past and you didn't even show up um I would do you feel like you owe it to yourself I would say the one in 2018, I was like kind of mad at myself because I had been running and then I just woke up and was like, I really don't feel like going. Like, and that's, you know, you're supposed to be excited like before the race. Been there. And yeah. this most most recent one, uh, I signed up when I was in Raleigh and I moved up here and it was in like Virginia and I was like, it's just not logistical or logistic nightmare trying to figure out how to get there and get back. And uh, it was me and Mage were going to do it together um, and it ended up just not being ideal. So, yeah, I mean, I have no doubt that you'll end up actually doing it. That's just a giant excuse, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, dude, I ran that, I ran that five k like a month ago, cold. Like, mm. I'm good on running. Like, I haven't yeah. ran in like a year or two. Like, I'm so don't. And then I said, no, nah, let me sign up for this five k right. and see what happens. And I mean, it wasn't crazy elevation, but we're still at like fifteen hundred. Right. Feet elevation I mean, is high, higher than living at the beach my whole life. Yeah, true. So, and the route was like this. It was just up. Uh, oh, uh, that's yeah. thick. <laughs> so I was like, the moments where it was going down, I was like, oh, okay. It's like on yeah. this back road in the foothills, you know, like right below Boone and stuff. And I'm and I'm like, oh my God, this is great. This is so sick. I'm like, <laughs> thank God. And then as soon as it started, and then, you know, I could always see when I was about to go back up, just gradual, just like here in Hickory. But I was just like, dude, you got to be kidding me, right? Like they chose, right. they chose this on purpose. I feel like they could have found an area that was flat or something, but um, at least I did it. And now my goal, when they do it at that that brewery, Happy Valley Filling Station, when they do it again next year, I think I can do it in like. 25 minutes instead of 30 
probably less than that because I played yeah, on definitely less, definitely less. I mean, I cut three minutes off my five five miler, and I felt like I was dying the whole time. So, right, it's possible. I think there's a mental strength that comes with running that is different from working out and lifting weights in the gym. That some people are. I was thinking about this because I think I've avoided it for a reason because it's a different version of mental strength that it takes you to continue to run or even want to run because a lot of people just don't want to do it. They'd rather do anything else other than run. So, well, you're you're better at lifting weights than you are at running. So naturally, right. Lifting weights is easier for you. So and I don't not that I dislike lifting weights, but I'm just better at running, so I just run more often. Like people are going to do what they're better at. I hate school, and I hate writing papers, and I hate that kind of stuff. So I don't want to do those things. I'd rather go run. I'm better at running than I am at writing papers. I can tell you that. Yeah, I mean i I think um, I think it takes like a it it's just it's just another thing like being consistent about it. You have to be consistent with with whatever it is that you're that you're into, and also there's a lot of stuff that can play into your mentality when it comes to whatever version of fitness that you're doing. So lately I've been seeing a lot that running is cool and all for your cardiovascular health and all that. But at the end of the day, strength training actually does help you lose weight. Right. And, um, (laughs) which is funny. It's kind of crazy to me to think back to like, mid 2000s era type of time frame in in both of our lives where if we were if if I remember myself running more I was probably losing weight right you know and and most people say that that isn't a helper when it comes into that and so it's like all right well maybe I if I just lift super hard all the time I'll start losing weight not if you're lifting really hard and following like a, a training plan because you're probably going to put on muscle and which is weight as well. Sure. Um, Very true. So that's that's something where I think, and it's always it's always cool to me to find um, almost do like personal experiences with yourself or um, experiments with yourself to be like, let me see if I can start running and see what happens to my body, or let me see right. if I start finally start CrossFit. I almost I almost did that instead. I was like, yeah, God, nah. I those guys are badass. Like, I I don't want to like do that kind of stuff. That's so much. It reminds me of um, a lot of the shit that we did in the Marine Corps all the time. Of course, yeah. And for that reason, I don't want to do it. <laughs> That's, I mean, good. No, you don't have to. <laughs> but I kind of also want to be the guy that says, "Screw that!" Like, what's preventing me other than just my mindset towards it? You know what I mean? Why, why do you want to be that guy that does that? I don't, but I think that I would be in really, really good shape, like overall. Except for, I swear, some of dude, some of those CrossFit workouts, I watch a video, whoever, a friend or whatever, and I think to myself as I'm watching it, my shoulders would literally crack in half. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't stand a chance. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't know if my body after so many years just getting beat to hell but that but that could also be an excuse though you know what i mean like right so i've been thinking about that lately like is that an excuse that i've been making for myself or is that something that 
is real and my and I am actually like my body's broken down that much already. Right. I don't know. I, I think it's more of an excuse to be honest. I've been trying to process that and be like, hey, I don't I, I can I think I can overcome this excuse. At least try something different, like right now getting back into just running more, something simple. And if I legitimately am hurting like after I'm consistently running then, yeah. then there might be, yeah, I might have to chill, but. Well, it's the biggest thing to remember, I feel like, and this could be wrong, but you can't out-train a bad diet, no matter what. And sure. I don't even say diet, but like a, a lifestyle of eating, like no matter what you do, if you go pack on all the pizza and everything that you want, which don't get me wrong, it's my favorite food, but I'm, I know like I'm not going to lose any weight no matter how many miles I run. I have a very like weird relationship with that too, because I'm always like, I feel like eating this. So why, why not? You know? Yeah. But then I also have, I have like a limit for myself. I think the limit is 210. 210. And I've only been 210 once. And I was like, like weight wise. And I'm like, no, this is no, this, unless, unless I'm 210 and just like stacked that right. whole different, whole different like feeling. But 210 means that I was, I've been eating like shit all the time. I've been drinking. I've been, you know, whatever. Like I've just been like not caring about anything, not working out like everything involved at, at that point in time, which I've been there once and it hurts too. Well, you've, you've, See, you've been keeping up with Foley. He's lost like what, 60 pounds or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So, but he then, you know, he's like, I want to lose five more. I'm like, what What does five more pounds look like? How do you know what five more pounds looks like right. on the scale? I know that I'm, I'm at 205. If I get to 10, I don't look any different. I just right. hurt more when, I, when I'm running. I jump, so I know that if I stay around the 200 to 205 pounds, my body doesn't hurt after a run. That's like the reason why I like staying like where I'm at right now. I know I felt most athletic and most like I, I just felt overall full body better at like one out one one ninety five max. Right. So and that's really not that far from right now. It's just tonight am I gonna get lazy and order whatever or am I gonna cook what we have in the fridge and make a healthy dinner and that's it. You know, mm, I guess I still, it depends on what it is. I still love sweets. Can't help that. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's like, there's a certain balance where it's like, do I want to be miserable? And at a time in both of our lives, we did it together. We like, I remember because it kept me like consistent. It was just eating just the most bland stuff. God, it was awful. <laughs> I'd take like a pack of tuna fish to work. And like some, so bad. like some almonds and stuff. Like, oh, they, yeah, this is my lunch. No big deal. It's just some, <laughs> it's fine, guys. Don't ignore me. When everyone else, you know, is going to get Wendy's or something. or Right. And But I stuck to it and I was, yeah. It, diet is, I think diet is even harder to be consistent with and stick with than a new workout plan or starting yoga or start running again or like whatever. I think diet is harder than any of those things can ever amount to for most. No, 
Yeah. I mean, like, so for if I wanted to be 250 pounds, I would have to eat like a maniac. And if somebody wants to lose 50 pounds, they're going to have to keep their diet in check like a maniac. Yeah. It's just as hard to do both those things. Like, obviously, it, it depends on what you're eating too, but still, it's it's still difficult to lose weight like it is to put on weight. Yeah, we... It's a, it's a balance, but I think that at the end of the day, it means a lot to still care about and, and just have that as something that's on your mind constantly, even at the age that we're at, you know, 33, 34, a lot of people that are 33, 34 are not in good shape, are very, very out of shape are not doing well. And I think it I think that holding yourself to a standard and sticking with that even if like it's easy to stick with that if you're still like in the Marine Corps or you're in the military or there's a standard that you have to that is set already and that you have to meet no matter what. It's easier to stick to that. And well and I mean to, for us to be for us to be where we are in life and a lot of friends of mine, which is why they're still friends of mine, you have to have some level of self-discipline. It doesn't matter what, what level it is. You have to have some level of self-discipline. Yeah. So uh, a lot of it's different now because when we were in high school, we had PE and our PE was football weightlifting training. So for three or four years, we were getting, that every single day that became a part of our lifestyle, then obviously go to college or go to the military, whatever it is, you keep up that lifestyle, especially if you play sports. It's just something that sticks with you. You've been doing it since you were 13, 14 years old. It's like not something you just turn off unless you, you know, completely hated and you were forced to do sports, but it kind of just sticks with you because it's, you wake up and you want to do something. Like I want to be active. I want to go do things. I like to compete. I'm overly competitive. It's just things I just like to do athletically because that's what I'm, you know, geared towards. You, um, speaking of that early morning stuff. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> do you remember, <laughs> do you remember some summers we, we would stay up to like, I don't think we'd sleep dude. And then it was time to go to 5am or 530 morning summer workout. God, it was horrible. And they were, uh, they weren't mandatory, but we wanted to go cause we wanted to like, you know, make sure that we were showing face and shit like that <laughs> i mean not mandatory but if you're not there i mean you're you're in some shit so i remember you have it, to be there i know but i remember in my in my mind though um at that point in my life i was definitely just tagging along and i knew it wasn't going to impact my, me being able to play or anything i was just like yeah i'll be there <laughs> to have that much realization at 18 years old is phenomenal so stupid dude <laughs> no i'm saying thinking back now that's where yeah i know that's what i'm saying it's like yeah, oh, yeah. i don't need to go to this like i just not go and no one's gonna care <laughs> <laughs> that's very true unfortunately while you had to go because you were you know starting quarterback and all that good shit um i think i think that for me though when i get can when i stay consistent and i stay disciplined I still find that the early morning stuff is when I'm most motivated and I get the best out of a, any type of workout that you could think of. Is that the same way for you? Absolutely not. No. I mean, I, I feel like 
again, this is just what I think that this 5 a.m. workout stuff is all over social media. So now everyone has to do it. You put up, we've seen multiple people show up to a workout, speaking of 6 a.m. workouts in high school, show up like dragging straight ass, doing nothing at the workout. Like they would get a better workout at the six o'clock workout at night that we also went to. Mm -hmm. So they would be way more alert at 6 p.m. at night. Getting there at six o'clock in the morning is just checking the box and they went there. They didn't actually get any real work in. If you have to consistently tell somebody to get back to work, that's not the best time they need to work. That's not the best practice for that person. Not everybody's the same. True. That's very true. I mean, people have, I mean, Blake's a good exa example right now. He works out most nights at, uh, I think, usually around like 8 p.m. And God, that's dude's, dude's in the best shape of his life right now. Oh, I know. Yes. That's just his time. That's his time to go. He'll send me like a text or something. Be like, yo, dude, I'm in the gym, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, ugh. They're, the only time that we ever did that was when uh, you and Jonathan were with mm -hmm. the pawn shop. And right. I'd scoop you guys and we'd go head on to base there. That's and honestly, right. those were some good time. Those were some good workouts, honestly. It really was. But for me, I don't know why. If I don't get up and go and I have to go at like... 11 or something like that instead uh, later in the day at all it's just nowhere near the same for me it's weird that was the strongest i've ever been in my life whenever we did those nighttime workouts i benched 315 one time yeah we were that's all after it. all i ever needed to do i'll never do it again but yeah um, and that was at nine o'clock at night uh-huh yeah we were there from like i think we do we do like nine to ten or I think we close to 10, so we just get yeah. an hour in and just get after it. The, Again. It doesn't matter. I guess it doesn't It doesn't really matter what time you do it. It just matters what you're doing while you're there and the work that you put in. Yeah, I mean, like, so maybe you can't do a 5 o'clock workout anymore because you have a brand new son. Like, actually it's the best time, that's actually the best time for me to go. That is, well, yeah, I guess because he's still asleep and if, you know, Laura's home and things like that, it's helpful yeah. for you. Yeah. No, my, I have no option, um, to to sleep in a little bit and go later once um she goes back to work this coming Sunday because gotcha she'll be working three p.m. to ten at night so anything workout wise or uh you know podcast wise or acting wise or anything yeah. in school I'm gonna have to actually up until this point in my life for school I've never had a schedule for doing schoolwork. Like, I'm right. going to schedule out this time to do schoolwork. I will have to do that. I'll have to, and it'll probably be the hour to two hours after the gym or running that morning that I'm going to have to. At least your blood will be pumping. I think it'll be best for me, dude. Actually, I might find myself feeling even, even better about that because I'll have consistent times for the gym, consistent times for schoolwork, and right. then whatever, and then help out with Finley and then Laura goes to work and then I'm daddy daycare. So, and that's a full-time job, dude. Yeah. It's going to be wild. I'm, uh, I'm, I was stressing very hard about it, uh, up until about like this past Monday. And I am telling myself not to stress about it because there will be plenty of stress for the first week or so when it happens. So, Oh, of course. <laughs> I'll be, I think I'll be okay, but it is, um, 
it's definitely going to be something that is uh, very, very challenging in a way that I have never uh, had to deal with in my life. So, But the good thing is if you want to do it, you're just going to do it. Right. I mean, like, I mean, obviously taking care of your kid, there's no, <laughs> you have no choice but yeah. to do that. But if you want to do something, you're going to do it. Like there's no mental, again, personally for me, there's no mental talk into it. If you want to get up at five o'clock in the morning and run, you're going to do it. If you want to make a podcast and prioritize that, guess what? You're probably going to do it. If you want to coach basketball, you're going to do it. If you want to play guitar, you're going to find a way to do it. If you don't like running, you don't prioritize running, you're not going to do it. Yeah. I think that, um, and I think that just having the motivation and the desire to want to do something is, is great. But last episode, we talked a little bit about the difference between motivation and consistency and being dedicated to something and what it means to be like consistent. Mm -hmm. And of course there's certain things in life, you know, fitness wise, life, everything. There's things where you can, they don't really require motivation. It's just like a, it's like a non-negotiable. You just have to do it. Yeah. Um, and, and like with an example, like taking care of Finley when right. she goes back to work. If I knew personally when, you know, we already knew this was going to go down, like when we found out she was pregnant. So almost, <laughs> a, year, ago. almost a year ago, no, a year. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is definitely going to be a situation that happens. So I've had not only that long to mentally prepare myself, but also, also if I, if I didn't think I was capable of handling that and, and, and figuring out how I have to adjust to, to do that, which I never in my life would think that I'd be okay with being like, yeah, I'm going to watch our son by myself when he's three months old at home. <laughs> while you're at work from 3 p.m. to 10 p.m. or, or less or whatever, and everything's going to be gravy. Right. And trust me, it's not going to be gravy at first. I'm sure it's not, and I'm expecting that. I always expect the worst, always. And, But if I knew that I wasn't capable of it, I would say, look, there's no way that's going to go down. I can't do it. It's nothing against you or him or being a dad or having a family or anything. I just can't do it. We got to get a nanny. We got to figure out that situation. We would have done that by now, but I I know that I'm capable of it, and, I, and that I have that within me. So you know that's not, it's just like a, it's another version of having a non-negotiable in life. Um, he's not going to get up and run around or run away. Not me. Not anytime not, soon. Right. <laughs> so you you got time to figure it out. Well, that's the time frame where I'm least worried about it. I, right. <laughs> I want that. I'm excited for that. But. Yeah, I mean, there there are moments though where where he will be losing his mind, and I uh, I can't do anything. The only and I do this, hand him to Laura, and he literally just stops within like fifteen seconds once he calms down. I'm like, dude, but it's all instinct and maternal and all that type of stuff, which is it's all science, you know. Like, I can't do it. Like, I just can't. Like physically, I'm not her. So, uh, but there's other things that I can try, you know take him outside for for two seconds right <laughs> hey laura <laughs> hey <laughs> what's up guest appearance 
guest appearance, Laura Beard, and two girls, two puppies. Yeah. Um, I can take them outside immediately, or one of the tricks I, I've learned is you put them in the bath, and they instantly calm down. I'm like, that's cool. Well, I'll have to try that. But um, with with non-negotiables, I wanted to ask you, um, what are some of the things that you consider non-negotiables in your life? Non-negotiables. Well, I refuse to be unhappy. Like I've, I'm at a point in my life where I'm going to, I've thankfully like saved enough money where I go do whatever I want to do. I'm going to be happy. That's a, that's the easiest non-negotiable I can tell you right now is I'm going to do what makes me happy. And that's saying a lot for not, not a lot of people can drop whatever they want to do and go do whatever they want. Um, I'm not rich by any means, but I've made it to where like, Hey, if I want to do something, I'm going to go do it. Like moving to freaking New York or, you know, whatever else, go to Europe, whatever it is. Like, uh, a non-negotiable is that like this life is way too short. We don't know how long we're going to be here. So you need to be as happy as humanly possible and, and still be a good person at the same time. That also ties into mindset too, though. You could be, you know, someone could look at your life and be like, damn, dude, like I would be miserable doing that or whatever. Or I'd be miserable living here or there and all this type of stuff. But if you have a positive mindset and you're, you're just, you know, you're okay with, where you're at in life and you know, you have some things that are fulfilling you and you're striving towards things and you're learning still. And you're, and you're, you're dedicating yourself to things that you're passionate about still, even if your job doesn't allow you to do that. I think that that also helps and ties into being consistently happy. It, uh, the biggest, I feel like my biggest, um, takeaway from from that is I just do not care what people think and I'm I'm lucky that I don't care what people think yeah you've um, always been like that not a lot of people can say that for themselves so they do a lot of different things to please other people to please people on social media um to just care about what these people think about them like the people that you're trying to impress not you specifically but people yeah. overall are not going to be by your deathbed whenever yeah. you're passing away taking your final breath they're not going to be there so who gives a frog's fat ass? <laughs> like that's the easiest way to say, it. go do whatever you want to do. Yeah. Like just go be happy, be with the person that makes you happy. That's yeah. the easiest way to put it, to put it. I think that, um, I mean, yeah, that's big dude. That's deep, really deep. <laughs> I mean, I said frog's fat ass, so it can't be that. Yeah. 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 But I mean the fact that, you know, to take, to take a step back and to think, about the idea that really no one else cares at all unless they're in your close, you know, they're close friends to you, their family, they're, you know, they know you personally and they, and they, they're a part of your life. Um, you know, no one, no one cares what you're doing. You're right. And also it, it says, since I've known you, you've had that mentality always about like, I just don't care what other people think. And I am also, I'm like that in a way. And I've been like that forever where I like, I would just like, I don't know. I just wear random shit to school back in the day and not care what people think about what I look like or, right. or like, you know, like I still do it 
I still do it now. It's just like a different version of it. It's like, I just don't, I don't care. For the longest time I wanted to, I knew I wanted to start a YouTube channel or a podcast. And I finally said, dude, screw it. I'm doing a podcast. Like it's time, right. it's time to do it. And although, although it is something that I have to find time to do and I have to, you know, just like you said earlier, if you want to do it, you're going to do it. And, right. and you'll find time and you'll make it happen. And those around you that if they love you and they care about you, they will understand that you're passionate about it and that it, like for me, it really helps me with like still being able to um, use my creative part of my brain and be and be creative and and hopefully eventually be able to have people on that are like you know just people I don't even know that are just, are, are just super interesting and it's just a right. amazing conversation something that hopefully motivates someone else and something that hopefully helps someone else when they're listening to it and at times right. I've had random people that you know, reach out and go like, Hey dude, like, I just want to let you know, like your podcast is like really cool. And even you've reached out to me and said something that I'm like, and right. honestly it kind of surprises me and I go, damn, well, that's enough for me. That's all I need. Like that's, that's literally all I need to be like, if one person is taking something from it and they, and they care about it, then, then that's, that's a, that's more than I could have ever expected to be honest with you. So I mean, it fills your bucket, and that's kind of like what the most important thing is, is making yourself happy for this. I mean, think about how long the world has been around, you know, just like, <laughs> think about how long we've been here on this the, planet. The entire world. And you maybe, God willing, live 90 years old, 80 years old. Your quality of life from like 75 to 90 probably isn't the greatest, so you have like minimal years to do what you want to do to be happy if you if you write it down on like a giant piece of paper and you, and you see that you're only alive like your great living years are like 25 to like 50 or 60 that's a short amount of time it is i think about that a lot but i try not to harp on it as well because if i find myself kind of like harping on that then i really really like get in my head so i try to keep that in mind always I try to like, it sounds really, really dumb, but I try to look up a lot more than I used to in life. Like literally look up when you're outside and be like, my life isn't shit compared to like everything else up there. And oh, yeah. none of our lives are. Of course. So, so on, you know, and, and we all have low points. We all have moments where we get to feeling down or we get to feeling sad and all that. And that's only natural, but. Uh, like I always, I always want to try and like push this because I struggle with it just as much as anyone else does. You can control how you're gonna, how your day is gonna go every day. Right, I agree. I got into a bad mood earlier today, and and realized it. And when we realize that, and we think about it, and and think about it within ourselves, and then go. Okay, wait, but I can, I can take this, how I'm feeling right now and I can still change it and I can turn it around and I can, you know, I can still be positive with whatever I'm doing throughout my day. And something as simple as just being self-aware in that sense, I think is a big, uh, a, a big, a big deal if you're able to do that. Yeah. It's like cliche to say, like everyone says, maybe not everyone's heard, like, am I miserable or are these like five to 10 minutes really miserable for me right now? Like, right. 
and yeah. it's hard to to learn once you learn that things you know your life gets a lot easier and when you stop caring what people think things get a lot easier when you do stuff for yourself your life gets a lot easier as you get older too um you tend to stop caring about what people think well yeah because you got real stuff going on you got to pay bills you got to take care of kids like you can get off social media for five minutes and be like i got shit i got to do today i can't scroll in the reels all day long right there's an old man that lives down the road from us, and I don't know when he decided to do this, but he has a yellow Dodge Ram, and he's had this massive 10-foot-tall metal rooster that he put in the back of his truck. <laughs> he drives by our house all the time because he's our neighbor down the road. And I'm like, why does this guy have this rooster in the back of his truck? And I always get like, I'm joking, but I'm like mad about it. And Laura's like, I don't know, maybe he's just old. And he doesn't care what people think. He just wants yeah. this massive rooster in the back of his truck. Maybe he's starting a business, and I don't think part of the freaking. I don't know who. I don't know what his reason is, but you know, it's just something, something like that. It's like you just at some point in life you stop, you stop caring about what other people think. You just do what you want to do, and you have to. And most of the time, if you are able to find that peace within yourself, I think that it ends up being a very cool feeling and a feeling of self-awareness that you're like, yeah, this is me. And it takes us a long time to get there. Some people never find that. And I think as long as you're striving to get there and you're being like a lifelong learner, whether it's within yourself or literal school or whatever, I think that that, um, it says a lot about an individual. Well, I mean, the, the, again, to that point that I do, I do value people's opinions that people that I care about, I'm not going to, I don't, you know, take criticism from people that I don't seek their opinion on anything. So I don't yeah. really care if, you know, I guarantee, I just posted, you know, that I, I'm going to uh, be an assistant coach at Utica University. I guarantee you somebody somewhere is like, wow, this guy changed jobs again. Uh-huh. I, I guarantee you, again, that, that's with everything, with every everyone posting their new job in life. I do not care. Right. I care about what you think. I care about what, um, you know, my other close friends think, but my close friends are supportive of what I want to do. So that's yeah. all that really makes a difference to me. Yeah. It's like if, yeah, I, you, you know, if someone, you know, if someone really cares about what's going on in your life, it doesn't matter what new job you might get or what move you made or, 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 or who you started dating or whatever it is, you know, that somebody actually cares about your life. If they're, if they're there to like hype you up about that, like congratulations, like that's sick or like that's, that's really cool. Like happy for you, you know, things like that. Cause as we, as, as we've gotten older, it's like, you know, you're, it's cliche, but your circle gets smaller and all that stuff. And, right. you know, it, it, what matters is, um, you know, those people that are still, still there and that you can just pick up with, you know, at a moment's notice and, and, and chat and talk about whatever. I think this is probably the first actual, like fully serious conversation that we've ever had. <laughs> well, I mean, when we're, 12 years old there's not much going on that we have to have serious conversations about but yeah i mean obviously this is probably the most in-depth one yeah for sure um so yeah i i forgot to ask you the um the 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 thing that i try to ask most guests and uh you know it's just the simple question of what what the what, what the thing behind tank top friday means to you personally uh, personally for me, just from knowing you for so long, I don't think of it as like anything other than 
whatever client is on right now. Like you're getting up, you're moving to Asheville. You're you have a a, a Zanga name, Weather Dude Five. Like you're you're doing the weather right now. So Tank Top Friday to me is what Clint Stroman is doing now. <laughs> and and this might be forever. You might you might shut this podcast down and start a YouTube channel. I have no idea what you're going to do next. Nobody does. I promise you. Yeah. No one has any fucking clue what you're going to do next. And that's the coolest thing about you. I guess that is true. <laughs> I never really think about it like that. <laughs> well, I do because I know you. So <laughs> it's funny to listen to all your guests, like what it means to them, because obviously it means something different to everybody. And you think tank top, you think like being buff. And I don't think yeah. about it. I think like, what are you going to do next? <laughs> We're like on the edge of our chairs, like waiting to see what's next. So that's what Tank Top Friday means to me. Uh, I will say with that response that I I hope and I think that um, I will keep, I, well, I will tell you that I want to keep this going for as long as I possibly can. So well, maybe one day we'll be at episode 7,469 or something. If you really want to, then you're going to do it. If you don't want sure. to do it, then you're not going to do it. It's pretty simple. That's a pretty good, uh, that might be a pretty good uh, name for this episode. If you want to do it, you're going to do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, well, I appreciate you being on, dude. Um, we're going to do a part two for sure. I feel like, as I said before, we even started recording. We haven't, we're not going to even scratch the surface really. Right. Um, and uh, I, th- I, th- I, I'm thankful for your friendship, and I'm thankful for uh, having you on, and I'm looking forward to uh, seeing you next time I see you, whether it be here or if we have to make our way up there. Yeah, I think um, I guess the listeners probably don't care, but we're gonna send out a text soon to do a boys' weekend, like halfway in between North Carolina. And- in New York since me and Major are up here and then you know we're going to meet in the middle somewhere maybe Virginia I don't know somewhere um, we're going to figure that out but yeah I'll, obviously thanks for having me I'm glad you That's told the proper me. thing to say I'm actually glad you told me about that because now I can uh, start a group chat oh god you started the last one <laughs> <laughs> no I won't do that but there I would uh, I'll let you handle that but I'm going to uh, suggest that it's somewhere near the Blue Ridge Parkway or on the Blue Ridge Parkway in Virginia because it goes all the way to like where um, almost all the way to Richmond pretty much. That would be cool. It could be different. I mean, if we're going to do Virginia, might as well do something that's like scenic or something. Right. Well, we'll put some feelers out there. Or maybe we just meet in Richmond. I've heard Richmond's kind of cool. Kind of fun. Never been. A little hipster, but I heard it's fun. Um, But yeah, thanks for being on. Um, I think we'll, uh, if possible, if schedules work out, we'll try to do, try when we'll try to do a part two, like right after. Right. I want to try good. to get into a, a get into a vibe where I do a part one, part two, and and keep it rolling. But uh, congratulations again on the uh, the new position that you're taking. When does that? When do you start officially? Um, all we can do is have you know we have coaches meetings right now, so just coaches meetings and then september 8th we'll start or september sometime in september we'll have our eight workouts so are you done you're done with the other job right now or are you gonna keep that for a bit i'm just keeping it okay gotcha i'm just gonna do both yeah nice nice and then when the season starts are you gonna still do both i'm still gonna do both yeah nice okay work yeah cool well that's good that you you're able to do that yeah keep it and then eventually start running like 30 miles or some crazy shit 
Oof. I don't know yet. <laughs> I'm like cold I, here. I feel like I could keep going yesterday. I was like, I could keep going, right? But I personally, I didn't want to. <laughs> exactly. You can always, <laughs> if you wanted to, you would have. You can go. You're not going to pass out and have a heart attack. Like, you could do it if you wanted to. So I could, keep just, I could just keep going down the sidewalk and go that way more. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, no, no. I'd like to go home. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, I guess, I guess the, uh, the all, the all encompassing thing here for me is that, um, hopefully, hopefully listeners and people that are out there, uh, if they, if they come across this randomly find a point in life where they can figure out doing what makes them happy. And, um. I hope that most people can get there or even do something within their their life that involves what actually makes us happy as individuals because everybody has a different idea of that and uh, right. and it, and it's actually very hard to continue to do what makes you truly happy uh within so yeah with that I hope that everyone has a amazing tank top friday we're in the heat of summer if you're getting after it this weekend get after it for me have a beer um and if you're if you're on your grind continue to stay on that grind and uh and we'll see you next week thanks for being here trevor all right love you too bye (laughs)